Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. What you're about to listen to may include some potty talk. Then again, it may not. I hope it does, though. It's Thursday, October 4th, 2018 from Slate. It's The Gist. I'm Mike Pesca. And it looks like Brett Kavanaugh will get his vote. And soon the investigation is in the FBI investigation. FBI for brief interludes. Actually, I'm not sure that's what FBI stands for. Mm, Depending on how you look at the results of this investigation, it could be fast, bordering, incomplete, or fair but inaccurate. Who knows? Kavanaugh's getting his vote. The whole ordeal shook the nation to kind of close to its core. Women were recounting past traumas. Men were identifying with the angry dude who just wants to coach a girls basketball team again. And maybe, you know, also rule on executive power once he's wearing the robe. The beer industry couldn't tell if all the free publicity was good or bad. Squeeze squirmed. Lindsey Graham burned. But the real hero of all of this was the hippocampus. Indelible in the hippocampus is the laughter. Yes, when Christine Blasey Ford mentioned the hippocampus during her testimony, Kavanaugh critics I look at Dr. Ford, and I'm going to tell you something. I've worked with over the years, uh, 20 years, a lot of victims of domestic violence and sexual assault. She was incredibly credible. Uh, The things that she could remember um, were, as she said, indelible to the hippocampus. And I think... Now, I was talking to a neuroscientist a few days after testimony, and like me, he thought that Christine Blasey Ford was a powerful, incredible witness and thought that Kavanaugh doesn't deserve confirmation for a few reasons. But this scientist did say, yeah, but that part about the hippocampus, what purpose did that serve? I said, well, it demonstrated Dr. Ford's knowledge in the specific subject matter. I was kind of surprised that he wouldn't think or credit it or think that it was impressive. And he said, it had no functional meaning. It had no function. Well, what are you saying? I asked, and he said, well, first of all, I mean, did she have a reading of her hippocampus before the incident and a reading after so she could compare the effects? Like I said, the guy's a neuroscientist. And then he went on to say, all she's saying is a very rudimentary explanation of how memories are stored. I got his point. He's a neuroscientist. This wasn't news to him. He was kind of shocked that it would be impressive to anyone. It's like if I were an eyewitness and was being questioned, well, how do you know what you saw? And I just laid out the process of vision. And I said, well, I'm sure because cells in my retina converted light into electrical impulses. And then the optic nerve sent the impulses to the brain and that produced an image. By the way, part of the brain that does that, not the hippocampus. Now, hippocampus is one of those terms that when you hear it, you think of something happier than what the actual hippocampus is. Like if I said to my son, Emmett, picture a hippocampus. And here's what he would see. Happy African megafauna. Throwing frisbees on the quad. Enrolling an intro to zoology. Scarfing down copious amounts of small white marbles. 
He's nine. That's where the brain goes to. And by his brain, I'm talking about the neocortex and the thalamus. That music, by the way, is from Fantasia's hippo sequence. You know it as Hello Mudda, Hello Fada, but it's the dance of the hours. In fact, the hippocampus is where my memory of that is stored. And this is the most hippocampus-centric news story, I think, in history. We have two memories at odds, unless Kavanaugh is just outright lying. And seemingly, what we're really talking about is which of these individuals had a hippocampus that properly imprinted. One cited her hippocampus. The other one possibly damaged his hippocampus through drink and perhaps didn't remember the role of the hippocampus if he was ever taught it in the first place. The national audience, well, anyone over 35 who watched the Anita Hill hearings had those raised thanks to the hippocampus. And some viewers got very alarming prompts via their hippocampi, and they identified with the accuser because something like this had happened to them. I picture a collective national hippocampus with these moments being indelibly written or, if your reasoning is motivated or your experience disrupted, not being written at all. And we won't know until the next time how well our national hippocampus did. On the show today, I spiel about Donald Trump's mocking of Christine Blasey Ford and one prominent defender thereof. But first, Tom Arnold's here. He has a conspiracy-minded TV show. The interview is going to hear, it's something. Lots of energy. Maybe not a lot of segues or breaths. I encourage you not to think of it so much as the talk of a person with information to impart, but just bask in this other human being who operates probably on a frequency different from your own and then identify with him because he's grappling and wrestling with the exact ubiquitous questions of the day that we're all dealing with. Here is Tom Arnold inviting you, uh, daring you to follow him as he hunts for the Trump tapes. The Hunt for the Trump Tapes is a new Viceland series from Tom Arnold. Yeah, Tom Arnold. He's playing the role of investigative journalist. Uh, Four episodes are out. They start with Howard Stern and go up, down, sideways from there. Hello, Tom. Thanks for joining up. They go up. up, I hope. (laughs) Well, uh, Jane Mayer was in episode three with Mm -hmm. uh, David Korn and Michael Isikoff. And uh, and it's going up. You know, in episode four was Mark Burnett. is uh, which uh, seemed to be very effective with <laughs> Mark It's going well. Did that what one air before your confrontation? No, nope, nope. But uh, I think he was aware of it. Yeah, yeah. I got a uh, call from my lawyer the Friday before, trying to read me some letter of of threat, and I ignored it. Yeah. And uh, so it's effective. So let's just explain. So Mark Burnett was the executive producer of The Apprentice. Yeah, he was really the, the genius behind it. He created the, the mystique that is Donald Trump, uh, 15 years. Mark Burnett is the genius behind Survivor, uh, uh, Shark Tank, uh, uh, The Voice. Anyway, he becomes friends with, with Donald Trump, and he creates this image of this guy, which mm-hmm. was sold to people. I'm from Tumble, Iowa. You know, I worked at a meatpacking plant for three years, and his base 
our people at the Iowa State Fair. Where, so they believe what they saw on television, the edited Donald Trump. Right. And so that's what Mark Burnett sold for 15 years. And he became good friends with Donald Trump. And he, he still talks to him three times a week. And he sits with him at the prayer breakfast. And, so, and he was involved in the inauguration. Yeah, that's funny. I did a tweet about that the, the Friday before. That was also in the legal letter. And Deborah Messing from Will and Grace, the big star, uh, her her uh, her agent got a, a threatening letter also for about a tweet about the inauguration, threatening from Mark Burnett. And I was like, this guy goes around and does all these legal threats when somebody says something about Donald Trump. He's still doing his business. He doesn't criticize Donald Trump ever. Well, what he does publicly, he put out a statement saying that yep. he and his wife, who's Roma Downey, um, touched by an angel, that they don't support the policies of, and then they'll list the policies they don't support. But, like we've documented, he did, through a second company, take a lot of money to run the inauguration. That's the the story that we we, Deborah Messing and I, that's what he threatened, that's what he's suing us for. It's there in the New York Times. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what we retweeted that. And literally got cease and desist letters because we retweeted the story that you just described. That's what he is hell-bent on. And, and he, I, I've literally, to his face, said, you need to come out public on one thing, maybe separating the, the, this, this immigration policy. He won't literally, he does this cover. And then he'll say, I'll say, I need to come down there and get this footage because I, I, I talked about uh, uh, during the, the election, uh, the N-word, uh, uh, buddies of mine work on the show, executive producer. But were you the on show. the show? Were you on no, the Celebrity I, Apprentice? No, it is so bad that I passed on it. Like Donald <laughs> Trump would call yeah. my house. Donald Trump called my house with Mark Burnett yeah. and asked me to do it again and again. And I refuse because that's how bad – I refused when Arnold Schwarzenegger asked me to do it. That, and he's one of my best friends in the world. So that's how bad – it's the only show I've ever refused. I've done everything terrible. <laughs> so That seems accurate. Yes. But my buddies – and you know, there's, there's some of my buddies that worked on my best at sports show, period. Yeah. And so there's a lot of crossover there. Uh, uh, my buddies were with him in Russia, in Moscow, at the Hilton during the Miss Universe mm-hmm. uh, when the hookers were in the room with the pee-pee tape. There's a lot of crossover. The fact there's so much crossover with me. Should indicate he should not be the president. No, I'm not even kidding. Like it's crazy. So, so you're like contaminated. The more, am, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I'm not. And I'm not. And so this happens, and he's and he's going for office. And I'm like, there's no way he'll be. And then suddenly the the Access Hollywood tape comes out, and I'm like, well, that'll do it, right? Because this guy is so dangerous. My my friends that are successful in the business said, don't worry. He'll never. Don't worry. I go. Why aren't you guys speaking up? You know, Ari Emanuel, for instance. The most powerful agent, my former agent, right. until I talked about him. Uh, Rahm Emanuel's brother. Right, so, of yeah. course. And, you know, they just, don't worry, he'll never be uh, president. Ari Emanuel's been in the White House since then. And, and uh, don't worry. And he, he owns Miss Universe contest. So he has what tr- Trump talked about on Howard Stern. Well, I've been backstage with Miss Universe and see everybody naked. I take my friends back there. They had the Miss Teen America pageant, right. by the way. Right, he's like, don't worry, he'll never be president. And then suddenly... Access Hollywood doesn't do anything. And so, right, I, so let me just stop you for a second yeah. and lay a, lay a couple things down. One, before the Access Hollywood tape come out, you say you have all these friends who know about him saying these terrible words on The Apprentice. Did you have any inkling that the Access Hollywood tape existed before it came no. out? No. Okay. No, but I just knew his history and I knew what he did on The Apprentice. I knew he sexually harassed people. I knew he, the producers had to pull him out four times ago. Oh, dude. 
listen, you can't, because the producers are my friends. Like yes. the, 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 the person that spoke to him before every take for 10 years is a guy I know. You have seen these tapes or you have heard from people who have seen these tapes? I've seen after? these tapes. Okay, but I want to know, have you seen him use the N-word oh, on, yeah, yes. on a tape? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they, you are sure that tapes exist of him I am 100% sure. Because you have and seen I'm, that. I'm 100% sure yes. of that. Uh, yeah, here's, here, here, here's how I'll give you an example. He's sitting there, he's talking, and he uses it. He uses it in several different ways. This just in a day, and he's sitting there as in, in between takes, and he's like, uh, yeah, you're fuckable to the camera. Camera operator woman, mm-hmm. yeah, you're fucking. Well, this I talk. They're like, well, we'll do. It. And then he's like, and then he takes phone calls. This is why they're shooting, all kinds of stuff going on. So it brings him a, a fax. This is some of the older stuff. He's talking about, you know, I did this business deal. I did this. Just there's a lot of insanity. They can't erase the tape because it's a game show. This is right. So no. I was on Jeopardy, and then mm-hmm. a lawyer comes in because of the game show scandals in America. They have. Laws that mm. regulate these things. So you're saying because it's it's although the genre is reality, it's technically a game show, and so they have to keep these tapes. Mm-hmm. And you're also saying the reason that Mark Burnett. Well, you, lay this out. I don't want to put words in your mouth. What is his real motivation? Why does he not find some backdoor way to get the tr- the tapes out? Why is he so active in keeping the tapes suppressed? Because he is Donald Trump's best friend mm-hmm. and he is a phony and he is a fraud and he's done everything he can like in Burnett in training in the UK when you're training for the military there they talk a lot about the KGB I'm not saying I'm not a, a conspiracy guy but he knows about Russia Trump doesn't know about Russia or the US or our history or World War II Trump's never read the Bible he's never read the Constitution he has no idea what's going on he doesn't know he's never been of service Trump's never visited a war zone in his life but he wants to bring the war to him and have a fucking parade that's who Donald Trump is he's not a sports fan he doesn't root for a team for real I've yeah. known him he come on my sports show no idea what's going he on he watches golf that yeah. I believe yeah yeah but he doesn't have much of a knowledge base of these an NFL team, which he wants to. Own. No, and then, by yeah. the way, the, the Trump the tape I have. There's a lot of golf stuff where he just fucking trashes everybody, and it's well. Once he loses yeah. the golf base, I mean, what does he have left? So I, I want to ask you. Um, by the way, he's broke. He owns nothing. He's a licensing person. Yeah. If he cashed out today, he would be broke. Yeah, you got to ask. And yourself. they're also grifting. He and his family and his friends are criminals. Uh, they are grifting. You know, you'll see in the uh, the Michael Cohen episode what really happened. It looked on TV like I'm a crazy person. I just took a picture with him and I made it up. But once Michael Cohen pled guilty, I could legally use text messages between us, and there's mm-hmm. a little more to it. I mean, I'm not an investigative journalist. Jane Mayer, who's on the show today, David uh, or whatever, David Corn. These guys tough, are, yeah. and I respect them so much. I respect what you do and, and stuff. And I'm a goofball. But uh, but they, these Trump people, the people around him, there's a lot of competent people, not the people that, is, that he has in the cabinet because they're all fucking idiots and they got to go. But I don't know what, you know, they're putting up with a lot. If, if the Access Hollywood tape didn't change enough minds, why are you confident that a tape of him saying to a camera woman, you're fucked up? No, no, it's the whole day. But do you think that it will change minds if the actual then, tape me, that we all saw? Hear me, hear me. Yeah. 
if you saw a full day of incompetence and criminal behavior, Tom, and, I've seen almost two no, years no, of it. <laughs> no, 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 no. But a full day. If you saw ten Edwards, yeah, take a full day, just continuous, and you saw him have the president being yanked out of there, and say, "Listen, you can't sexually harass that woman." That's on the tape. Yes, him getting dressed he, down. Him getting dressed up by the producers. The oh. producers meeting. You can't do that. And him making Don Jr. cry, that's different. I'm telling you, it's different than anything you've seen. It's continuous. And the producer's coming in a meeting like, God, we're in trouble. We got to. Nobody's ever talked about him like that. And Mark Burnett saying he is literally the worst human being I've ever met in his life. How would you like to hear that? And, when, and once Donald Trump knows that's going to happen, that everybody is turning, he's going to be like, okay, here's the deal. I've been the best president ever in two years. And I've given you everything. I'm going out of my terms. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the closing show, the big finale. This is what I'm doing. That's what's going to happen. Okay, I got a few more questions. Do you think we, as a society— and You know what? Let's, yeah. give it, that's what? let's give it a try. Do you think we, as a society, are doing ourselves a dis- disservice if we put so much hope on a tape like this, as opposed to being active and getting out in the streets and just registering to vote? Of course you register to vote. Of course you vote. Of course you're active. You do your thing. And, I, and by the way, uh, I, I, I got to do it all. You know, I, what, what I've done, you know, I got, I'm so grateful that, you know, I was gonna, I'm doing what I got to do because I'm a 59-year-old dad. I got a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, five-and-a-half-year-old son, and I happen to know these, some of these people. And one at a time, whether it be Roger Stone, uh, David Pecker, Dylan Howard, uh, 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 Michael Cohen, I, I, and, and Mark Burnett, I've gotten in the, these guys' faces, not just like called them out. These guys have threatened to sue me. They have some of them sued me legally. They threatened to, to bankrupt me. I don't have money. I'm not, you don't get much money from Viceland. This isn't just a show for me. This show will be over, and then I don't have a job after that. These guys have threatened to ruin my credibility, which I have zero. This isn't about the show. But, you know, you ask Viceland how happy they are to be fucking working with me. They're not. <laughs> you know, they've been wonderful to me. They're, they've really are the ratings given me the opportunity. Are people watching? People, I, we got to get people to watch the fucking show, man. People are. Do you know how many death threats I've gotten for real? Yeah. Me and my fucking family. Here's what I want to ask you. If tapes but come, that's what yeah. i'm saying is that's what i do that, that it gets to these guys so much they lose their fucking shit and and there is tapes but yeah. you're saying how can it be what is more important no no i'm gonna do, keep doing what i'm doing yeah and then there's more to come let me, i'm doing what i'm doing which is i'm in their faces in there and things are happening everybody needs to keep doing what they're doing it's not either or yeah you know, I've watched the show. You have, oh, yeah. you obviously are a comedian. You have a comic persona, mm-hmm. and the show's funny. The Easter Bunny's in it, and things like that. Yeah, but don't, yeah, the Easter Bunny. If, it's not the fucking Easter Bunny. <laughs> it's just a bunny. The guy, the guy <laughs> dressed in a suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah Easter suit. Yes, I know, but I also call him his name too. So, him, yeah. so, if a tape exists and someone has a decision who to leak this to, mm-hmm. are you the an imperfect vessel? Here's the thing: I would never hold it back. I would get it to the to a legitimate journalist like Rodin or Jane Mayer or Cord because they will protect your identity and you don't have to wear a fucking, you wear a bunny suit if you want to get it to me. And I'll give it to a real guy who can protect your identity right. and we'll get it to the public and you won't, it won't be about my show. And I, of course, I'll do the best thing for America. 
And uh, the next thing's going to happen is I'm going to take some journalists down to MGM. We're going to sit in the screening room and watch his whole fucking day of this. Yeah. So basically, if you have a tape and you want to leak yes, it and right. you're a furry, leak it to Tom. Yes. But... If, but if not, oh, there you go. That you were trying to get your joke. <laughs> Tell me next time you do it a fucking joke, okay? I'll let you get to your goddamn joke, asshole. See, say I got a joke. I want to do this thing. <laughs> He's trying fucker. to create a little room. You fucker. I'm sorry. Tom Arnold's hunt <laughs> for the Trump tapes is on Viceland. I don't know if you you're saw. the best. Tom you're was here. Best. Thank you, Tom. I Good love your you. podcast, by the way. Thanks, man. And now the spiel. Two days ago in Mississippi, Donald Trump, oh God, let me just say, that's a phrase, Mississippi, Donald Trump, two proper nouns converging, each one making the other worse, you know, like uh, at her Greek resort, Lindsay Lohan or Kanye West after the credits rolled on Saturday Night Live. Anyway, in Mississippi, Donald Trump mocked Christine Blasey Ford or as some of his staunchest defenders asserted, he mocked her assertions. Now, remember what he said about Ford before this uh, uh, speech to the crowd, that she was a very credible witness. He called her compelling. He even said this. And she looks like a very fine woman to me. Very fine woman. Now, let's contrast that with Mississippi Trump. How did you get home? I don't remember. How'd you get there? I don't remember. Where is the place? I don't remember. How many years ago was it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Now, I have to tell you, I don't actually think it's Mississippi that got Trump all riled up. You know what I think it is? I think it's standing. I noticed that when Trump is sitting, he's a lot less combative. He's more demure. He also gestures a lot less, and I think all his gesturing excites the humors in his blood. We talk of teleprompter Trump or impromptu Trump, but sitting and standing Trump, big difference between those two guys. And With these comments, sitting Trump was even more withdrawn than usual because if you remember who he was sitting with as he was making his initial comments were different heads of state and he wanted to look like, you know, a mature individual next to them. He was sitting next to the president of Colombia and that was when he called her a fine woman. And then there was this, which is a little stronger than fine woman, but still he wasn't taking aim at Dr. Ford, just the Democrats. The Democrats are playing this game that... It's disgraceful. It's a disgrace to the country. And I think you're going to see it in the midterms. I think people are wise to it. It's just a con game. He's a high quality person. They're bringing people out of the woods. They can do that to anybody. Yeah. So that was Prime Minister Abe of Japan. Didn't want to look too cuckoo in front of that guy. But before a crowd and while he was standing, you got this. I don't know. What neighborhood was it in? I don't know. Where's the house? I don't know. Upstairs, downstairs, where was it? I don't know. But I had one beer. That's the only thing I remember. Now, I thought the weirdest reaction to Trump's insults was this, tweeted out by former George W. Bush spokesman Ari Fleischer. He said he didn't mock Professor Ford. He pointed out many of the inconsistencies in her account, something the mainstream media won't do because they're too invested in attacking Brett Kavanaugh. If the press were balanced they'd have raised the same issues President Trump raised here. Really? You think if the press were better, they'd take the tack that Donald Trump is taking? Huh. Well, Ari Fleischer, I give you your wish. This. This is WARI Eyewitness News. Here's your anchor, Slab Underhill. 
Today's top story. Missing Cub Scout Troop 482 has been found hiking in the Cloud Mountains, and all are said to be safe at home with loved ones. The group had left for what was to be a four-hour hike. Four hours? Yes, four hours. Sure, right. Well, who was the Scoutmaster? We don't know. Did they get cell service? We don't know. Were merit badges earned? Who's to say? Sounds like a C-O-N job. Now here's Ken Spormore with weather. Thanks, Lab. They say it's gonna rain. Gonna rain? Have you heard this? Everyone's saying it. Well, is it? Should I say it? I shouldn't say it. I'll get in trouble if I say it. Okay, I'll say it. Believe me, it will. It will. Believe me. Now here's Tug Munson with sports. Oh, the Vikings. Have you seen them? Am I right? The Vikings? The Vikings. With the stupid Viking horn on the helmet. Remember those stupid horns on the side? They lost to the Rams. Nobody mentions this. Why does nobody mention this? In four games, Kirk Cousin has made the Vikings into the most accomplished team more than any other in the history of the NFC North. Just you see. The Vikings won in Wisconsin. Not since Eisenhower have the Vikings won in Wisconsin. They said it couldn't be done. The Vikings did it. Cousins is the greatest quarterback. A lot of people are saying we didn't think he'd be this good, the greatest, except for possibly Abraham Lincoln. Back to you, Slab. This has been WARI. If you're wary, thank Ari. And that's it for today's show. Pierre bien and Daniel Schrader produced the gist. They're, they're not so bummed out about hippocampus. It's just that storing pictures in the cloud, it's not what they imagined it would be. TJ Raphael, senior producer of Slate Podcast, she thought that Kanye had a lot of valuable piece of media criticism to impart after the credits rolled. Steve Lichtai is executive producer of Slate Podcast, who, if you told him as a kid he'd be engaged in flash driving, he'd think of James Bond. But then, cut to the present, you find out it's backing up files, he'd think of Miss Moneypenny. The gist. I take you to the year 1979. A young Mike Pesca gets one word from the future whispered in his ear. This will be a huge part of your life, Mike. Here is the word. Laser jet. Laser jet. This could be so cool. Or it could be a post-Armageddon scenario. An anti-alien insurgency. Exciting, but terrifying. Smash cut. 2007. Mike standing over a printer, trying to unjam it. God damn it, I'd have taken the aliens instead of this. Do Peru, 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 and thanks for listening.